Welcome to another edition of the Bourbon Boys. And this week we have a very special pair of guests, John Foster and Greg Jensen. Greg is a longtime admin of the Smooth Dramblers, Smooth Ambler Facebook page. John Foster has been with Smooth, Smooth Ambler since the beginning in a sales role. Both very knowledgeable about bourbon and about Smooth Ambler, obviously. John and Greg give us a little bit of knowledge on the upcoming event, the Smooth Dramblee. It's a big event for their fans. So, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. This is Chad, only one of the Bourbon Boys here today. But I am joined by two very special guests, Mr. Greg Jensen. Howdy. And Mr. John Foster from Smooth Ambler. Hello, everybody. How's your all's uh, Friday going so far? Mine's going really well. I'm sitting on the beach in Florida. It's uh, raining like hell in West Virginia, or as they say here, Pouring the rain in West Virginia, <laughs> uh, but other than that, life is good. All right, good to hear. So basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out. I'm gonna uh, ask you each a couple of questions, and then we're gonna talk about the special uh, occasion that's coming up. Um, Greg, how did you get into being a Smooth Ambler fan? Great question. So I stumbled across this uh, wonderful elixir called Bourbon. Oh, gosh, probably about seven years ago. And uh, there happened to be a bar across the street from my house that was one of the largest bourbon selections in California, Northern California. And I would frequent it often. And I met a gentleman named uh, Arvin Sakar. And him and I became quick friends. And our drink of choice was this new elixir called Smooth Ambler. We were drinking it when it was the Smooth Ambler Old Cat Six Girl. And absolutely loved it. In fact, the bar made a new rule just for us that we could buy bourbon by the bottle instead of by the glass. And we would drink through their stock of Smooth Ambler pretty much weekly. Um, and then as I, I got more, more into bourbon and ventured into other manufacturers and distilleries, I realized I still gravitated towards the profile of Smooth Ambler. So that was kind of my beginnings of uh, uh, my ventures into Smooth Ambler, and obviously I've been uh, enamored with them ever since. But I literally got it into from the product side, and then I learned about the people, and the people were better than the product, and so it was just a perfect fit for, for my life. And uh, so was that the first bourbon you ever had with Smooth Ambler? No, I mean, I had all the traditional off-the-shelf ones, you know, the Makers and the Noah Mill and, you know, all those type of ones. But Smooth Ambler was probably the first, you know, small distillery or what I would somewhat call craft back then bourbon. When did you start the Smooth Dramblers page? So I actually didn't start that page. Oh, okay. Um, I became a huge Smooth Ambler fan, and I believe it was Eric Jorgensen from that group reached okay. out and said, hey, would you like to be an admin for this group? And I was like, absolutely. I don't really know what that means, but it sounds fun. And somehow I inherited it. 
John, uh, how long uh, have you worked for Smooth Ambler? So, sometime in 2009, uh, John Little called me and, and told me about the plan to start the distillery. And so I was, while I was keeping my day gig, um, having meetings with John and Tag, and that probably started early in the um, early summer, I guess, maybe of 2009. And we broke ground on the property in August of 2009. But I didn't leave, <clears throat> I didn't leave my job until Thanksgiving of 2009. Um, I, I left, and so I guess my my first day as an official person on the payroll was sometime in November, I guess, of that year. But I've been around since almost since the inception. What were you doing before that? I worked for Cisco Foods, hmm. and and I've been a, uh, in sales and marketing with Cisco for twelve years, which is you know John and I've known each other for almost twenty years now, but. Um, we first met uh, through the the food industry. John moved to Lewisburg, West Virginia, from Charlotte to uh, to uh, consider being a partner in a restaurant here, and that wound up uh, sort of falling through. But I was the Cisco rep, and we remained really good friends, and and our families got close. And, like we've been buddies, we've been buddies forever. So the the idea was that they would need a sales guy eventually and although i started distilling with john early on uh it was really always going to be my destiny to move away from that and move into the the sales role and now you uh primarily go on sales trips i see you doing a lot of trips is that uh what your primary area of expertise is yeah you know my primary function is working with um, our distribution network, whether it be direct calls to the right customer, if it's uh, rep education, if it's doing events in their markets that um, that help sort of row the boat in the right direction. It's really sort of multi multifaceted in that in that role. But yeah, I mean, I'm I've spent a lot of time on the road, and uh, as I said, that's everything from sales calls to cocktail dinners to me just rolling into the Jack Rose like I did this week and having a couple drinks. It's a good thing you have a very understanding wife. Uh, I couldn't do it without her, <clears throat> without her being so understanding, absolutely. Um, plus, she's, you know, she, she loves me, but she's happy to get rid of me uh, for <laughs> a couple of days here and there. That's understandable. <laughs> uh, Greg, so the event coming up is a smooth drambolee. It's the second annual event. Uh, what made you come up with the idea for the first one, or was it you that came up with the idea for the first one? Yeah, I don't know that I came up with it. Um, it was more of a, you know, John Foster and I created a friendship, so kind of back, you know, up a little bit. Ironically, John was my first person I met from Smooth Ambler that had been out in San Francisco that he was hosting. Um, it was a private barrel for a Magnolia, I think, or Smokestack is the name of the restaurant. And, um, you know, I was... Uh, huge fan and was wanted to meet the people behind the product and uh from there we just kind of created a really you know great friendship and i i want to say john you speak of, that it was his idea he said we need to do something that's you know kind of an annual event for this facebook 
group of dramblers that have this vested interest. And, you know, we, we want to make a product around it. We have, you know, private barrel. And, but I think it was his inception, and I just kind of jumped on that train. John? Yeah, I think it was, I really don't remember. I know that, that some of it was, a suggestion was made by somebody, and John Little and I instantly were like, yeah, it would be really cool for us to, to have an event for these, you know, sort of diehard people who really connect with the brand and care about the brand. And some, some of those people we got to know, and, you know, Greg had visited the distillery at least once by then, maybe more. And so there are a few people that have, spent some time in West Virginia, but there were a lot that had not. And um, so it was just sort of like, hey, you know, let's open the doors. Let's sort of party the way that we do. And uh, on the, any odd or uh, casual weekend here in West Virginia, you know, let's fire up the grill, let's lay out, um, lay out a little whiskey and put on some music and sort of get to know these people. And really, it's at the end of the day, it's an elaborate open house. Mm -hmm. with food and a little drinking. Yeah, anytime anybody asks me why I'm such a big fan of Smooth Ambler, it's uh, the first thing I say as a people, because you all are amazing. Every time I've been there, it's so welcoming. Well, we try, and, and honestly, you know, we think that that's, I mean, not everybody's always going to like everything we do, but we, tr we try and uh, have an approach and have an accessibility that maybe another company wouldn't have, big or small. And, uh, you know, when we're posted on Facebook, it's nine times out of ten, it's me, John, or, or Val. We're responding to messages uh, that come in. It's it's the same sort of crew. And that's, that's a cool thing sometimes. It also will make you a little bit crazy because we are so close to the brand and close to the process. I mean, I don't think anybody's calling Al Young up and, saying, you know, did you see the shit this guy said on Reddit? <laughs> but uh, that's, that can on occasion be uh, a frequent occurrence around the, around the still house. So it's, it could be a double-edged sword, but we really wouldn't have it any other way, I don't think. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's, just, it's just who we are. Yeah, it's definitely a unique situation. As I was saying, I would, I would add to that. I think that's one of the things that enamored me, and I think you as well, Chad, about the, you know, the quote-unquote product was the accessibility, right? Here's a small distillery sitting out in West Virginia. You know, it's very easy to hype that up in, you know, backyard Kentucky, but out in West Virginia, I'm sorry. And so the fact that they themselves so accessible is what brought me and drew me into the brand. Yeah. I mean, the product itself is awesome. The first time I went there was to pick up the Smooth Drambly bottles, or Drambler bottles, uh, the, store, the Pixie did. The original yeah, ones. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, again, from the consumer point of view, and, you know, John pat himself on the back for this, or, you know, the whole company, is they really just kind of put themselves out there. But here's who we are, here's what we do. Um, hope you like it. You know, and, and I think that was received uh, very, very, not just well, but personal to a lot of people. Speaking of the products, I had a question on the Facebook page, which I'm sure John gets a ton. Is the single barrels going to be in wired, uh, wider distribution soon, or is that uh, pretty much limited from now on? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's your transparency. I mean, you know, obviously it depends on the availability of, of liquid. 
Yeah. Of good liquids. The first thing it depends on is the availability of any liquid and the viability of being able to purchase it at a price that makes sense at retail so that we don't have to, to blow uh, the retail price out. The second thing is, is it good liquid and does it qualify? You know, there's only so much, most of that stuff now is, is 12 to 13 years old and we are not able to buy 12 and 13 year old distillate at a reasonable price. Hell, the truth is we probably couldn't buy it at any price, but certainly even the few times we've seen it become available, it's so price prohibitive that, that we really, we would have to completely change the price structure of Old Scout single barrel uh, to be able to do that. Have you thought so, about, or is it possible to go back to a younger age product? You know, we're looking, we're looking at that. Again, it depends on the quality of that product. Yeah. We're, we're, it may be that um, Old Scout bourbon, as we all knew it three and four years ago, going forward, that maybe that's always a single barrel cast strength product mm -hmm. of uh, a variety of age ranges and therefore a variety of prices that, you know, the older stuff is uh, it costs a little more if we have a you know i don't know would you buy a six-year-old old scout single barrel bourbon at cast strength if it was you know uh not a hundred dollar bottle I mean, it can't be a thirty dollar bottle but it's not going to be a so we don't know we're trying to work through that now yeah it's interesting that the price based on the age because that seems to be a thing that's happening all over the industry now um even with the the other uh source bourbons that are going from 11 to 12 it seems like people are jumping the price up which makes sense because you got to pay more for it yeah i mean you, you, if it's if it's an outright sourcing you know you got to remember what is now 12 years old was five when we bought it so we, we you know it's legitimately aged um along you know it's if that part of its life has been since that spot purchase a couple of years ago and of course knowing what we know now we'd have bought a hell of a lot more bourbon <laughs> at the time it just, you know, it wasn't something that we could, could even conceive of, really. Um, but at the same time, I don't want it to be a Persian bazaar where, you know, we've got 15 different whiskeys at 15 different ages and different prices and different labels. You know, that's not good for a band either, big or small. So we're, we're trying to work our way through that. I, I, I sincerely hope that we'll have a um, some sort of iteration or version of uh, old scout bourbon that's more readily available i don't think we'll ever maybe get back to the days of the original seven where it's just like you know buy all you want but it's certainly i hope will be less allocated than what everybody's experienced in the last 18 months do you think at some point you'll do a cask cask version of your weeded whiskey yeah yeah i think we will um and i think you know there's been some talk about doing gift shop releases of some of the 100% um, West Virginia made liquid and doing most, if not all of those, at cask strength. Mm -hmm. um, just to, you know, they're harder to put those things into distribution. Mm -hmm. And it, we're, we're, we love it when people come visit. Um, and we're happy to always have something special in the gift shop, but it really isn't like a devilish ploy to just force people to come in and get it. But, but some of those things we have three and four barrels of, and it just becomes frustrating to try and put those into distribution. So it makes sense to sell it in uh, or around West Virginia, around West Virginia retailers. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we think you're going to see a lot of homemade stuff at Cask Strength.
It, uh, I, I can completely understand that, uh, only having a few barrels of it, you don't have enough to go around, so you don't want to piss other people off, so why not just sell it at your distillery and call it a day? Yeah, you know, it's it looks good on paper to try and put a little bit of that out, and I know that I know the guys in California um, and places that are prohibitive uh, to drive to West Virginia feel left out, and I get that, but you don't have much, and it, it causes problems with your distributors too, because mm-hmm. you know then they're getting kickback from different retailers, and you don't always know um, that the reps are really handling it properly, and it just it's problematic. I hate that we're there, but. It just is. And I've had some of the, the weeded at cask, and it's amazing. So I'm looking forward to uh, some of those releases. I'll definitely make the trip down. Yeah. Uh, get, getting back to the Drambolee, uh did you think that the it was going to be such, such a success as it was the first year, or did you kind of think it was going to be smaller, Greg? Yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be smaller. Um Again, it's a trek, right? So us California folks going to West Virginia, especially Lewisburg, West Virginia, it's not an easy, an easy trip. Um, and it's a little cost prohibitive. You know? I mean, they think flights right now are, you know, well over $500. So when I saw the turnout, I was very excited about it. Um, John and I had a you know, few conversations before it was launching. And so what do the numbers look like? And I was, I was very happy about it. Um, you know, you're always going to have the diehards that no matter what event you throw, they're going to show up. But I felt like we got some outliers that now are like hooked. Yeah. They're going to come to every Drambolee as long as we do this. And it's just going to continue to grow and be viral. I definitely would be there if I wasn't expecting a child on the same day of. I, I think that's the best thing <laughs> to be. Right, there's, there's like three of you that have that excuse, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about you, John? Did you expect it to be this big when you started it? No. I, I thought we, I mean, I was with Greg, you know, we were optimistic, but I figured we'd have, you know, 15 or 20 people. And uh, and the way that we structured it, you know, we had some surprises um, that we sort of uh, mixed into the Drambury last year. We're doing that again this year. Um, so it was it was sort of fun to sort of plan um, a couple of things, thinking that, you know, we maybe have two dozen people there and do way more than that, and it just made all of those kind of special things even more fun. Uh, yeah, it was it was an amazing event. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Probably more than I should have. Uh, <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> so, Greg, on to this year's. Is there uh are you following along the same sort of schedule as you did last year, or do you have new events happening this year? Yeah, it's it's roughly the same, but there's a there's a little more. Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. So it's bigger than we expected it would be. Yeah. And so because of that, I think it was uh, John Foster made a great statement. The town has a difficult time managing that many people mm-hmm. from a pure dining experience. So last year we kind of split people into groups, and everybody went to a restaurant and sat down with you know a bunch of different folks. But, but we had to split the group up between, you know, five different, six different restaurants. Um, this year, we were looking at the numbers and realized there's, we, we've run out of capacity. So there, there aren't enough restaurants. There aren't enough seats. So um, we're, we're doing it all in one location this year now. Mm-hmm. So we've got everybody doing, you know, the VIP event Friday night. 
Saturday, we've got, you know, the open house at the distilleries in this last year, but, um, you know, they've obviously expanded more. So I think there's the tours are a little more, uh, a little larger, um, get to see some of the exciting expansions that they're actually in progress of building right now. Uh, and then, uh, the barbecue or, or the dinner, the, the Saturday night is everybody, um, at a beautiful historic mansion, uh, that will be, you know, all the drambos together, some good food and, um, spirits and such. Um, and then the part I'm probably looking forward to the most is everybody's heading over to a nightclub, their largest nightclub. And, we're going to do a little uh, music. Um, one thing that I've very much embraced with Antler as a fellow musician is I love just getting around and you know, sharing stories and music and uh, all of that around spirits. And so that's going to promote that. We've got a bunch of music friends. And, you know, uh, I think John's got a live band that anybody can kind of get up. It's kind of open mic. And then probably the most important thing is after that is the little quote-unquote after party with DJ Sweater Vest. Very much looking forward to DJ's Butterbust. And my question is, when did Lewisburg get a nightclub? <laughs> yeah, nightclub. He, Greg might be hitting the gas a little bit. <laughs> <with the nightclub. laughs> I, I am. It's a, it's a very large bar and restaurant with, that is also a music venue. That's, That's got a stage. Which, That's a nightclub. Yeah, it's, yeah. My backyard's a nightclub sometimes. Oh. Well, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> Um, is there any, is there any special thing you'd like anybody to know that's on the fence about coming or not coming, John? I mean, no, I don't, I, I, I want to have something. I want to have a great response to, to that question. But the truth is, I think it's just, if you'd like to come visit the town, you'd like to come to the distillery, you want to taste some emerging whiskeys. You want to you want to spend a little time with us and tell us how much you love something we've done or how much you hate something that we've done. Now's the chance to do it. I mean, you know, we're removing all roadblocks. You know, we've got we've got a way to put you up at a decent uh, price at a very nice hotel. We've got shuttle transportation to and from all the events. You know, we're going to feed you twice um, on us. You know, it's sort of like. This is the this is the chance where you can come anytime. And we we love when people come, whether we have notice of their arrival or they just walk in the door. Um, we love to have people there, but but you're going to get to see some stuff and taste some whiskeys, and it's sort of an all hands on deck kind of experience that really isn't repeated very often throughout the year. So, and we're also going to have some stuff in the gift shop that. Um, I think people will be excited about. So that's like, that's basically it. Yeah, I'd like to answer that question too. Okay. Which, uh, from the from the consumer side, is John, how much are tickets to this event? Tickets? Yeah. How much does it cost for me to join this? Oh, that's right. It's free. Zero dollars. Zero dollars. So that the fence about this, like. Everything he just mentioned is literally free. So that's that's unusual for an event. True. Um, and if you if, if somebody wants to join, they only have to RSVP to the one event, right? Or is that full already? 
Um, no, so the RSVP is set up just so we know how many people we're feeding in case there was people who were only coming for Saturday. So when you go online to RSVP, I think you, you know, it, it sort of, um, it checks the box that you're coming to the event at all. And then the three questions are, are you eating Friday night or are you eating Saturday night? And would you like a vegetarian option? And that's it. What's the vegetarian option, buns? Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll just serve pork. I was going to say whiskey. Yeah, that's a good yeah. vegetarian option. All corn. Yeah. All right. In closing, do you, uh, jo- uh, Greg, do you have anything you'd like to close with? Um, yeah, I just I, I want to thank Smooth Ambler family in general. Um, like I said, they've been very approachable. Um, they've become my friends. And I think that anyone that has ever experienced a distillery, this is the way to do it. You want to come out, you want to meet the people, you want to meet the community. Um, small town, you know, I, I would call it small town US, USA, um, is kind of goes back into my roots. And so I really, really enjoy it. So I would uh, implore everyone to come experience it for themselves rather than through a social media page. John? I just want to say, uh, you know, thanks to Greg, thanks to, to you and uh, this new thing you have going on with the Bourbon Boys for thinking of us and having us. And just to, you know, everybody that's enjoying Smooth Ambler, whether whether they're ultra geeky like all of us and know everything or w- whether they're just getting into it or just saw a bottle of contradiction and thought the elephant looked cool or <laughs> whatever, you know, we're... You know, a, a small brand, we're very grateful to experience the growth uh, that we have. We started with three people. We just hired our 23rd. And, um, man, it's just, it's, John and I are just two of the luckiest guys that ever drew a breath, I think. And I will say that Smooth Ambler has been one of my favorites from the beginning. And like I said already, not just the products, the people. If you have a chance, if you're on the fence about going to this event, go because it's not only the event itself but it's the people you get to meet uh you meet everybody from the head distiller to mr foster himself um everybody's accessible to you and they're all just the friendliest people you can imagine so until next time enjoy your pours and uh we'll talk to you later all right good job guys i'm glad you all were able